Hello, wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary, a minister to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church in the beautiful city of Adelaide. I'm also your host on Drive Time every Tuesday and Wednesday. It is so good uh, to be with you again. Thank you so much for joining with us. It's um, it's lovely uh, to be able to to touch base uh, with so many uh, new people. You know, we're having new stations added continually. Did you know that Faith FM uh, has almost 180 low power stations around the country? And uh, I know uh, new new stations are being added all the time. It's wonderful to have those stations joining with us. Uh, this week uh, we're looking at the Bible and the media in a post-biblical culture. Uh, as we uh, started this series, uh, we, uh, we started by asking, do biblical Christians have a media problem? Yesterday, we simply asked, do the scriptures speak to a media-obsessed age? And today we're asking, what about mild violence and soft porn. You know, it's an incredibly challenging subject. This is one that comes up repetitively. Uh, this is one uh, that we really need answers to. This is one that is impacting the Christian church, indeed all of society. All of society. Uh, today, our co-host is uh, Pastor David Butcher, and David's the president of the Seventh-day Adventist Church here in South Oz. Uh, welcome back to you, Dave. You've been away for two whole weeks. You've had a holiday. Now you're back with us again. Good afternoon, Gary. Yes, I have, and it's great to be back here and to be uh, chatting with our listeners with you. Ah, uh, yes, no, no, no. I really appreciate your uh, your, your feedback and the the wisdom that you're able to put into uh, into this particular program. Now, uh, tell us, Dave, what have you been doing during your two weeks away? Yeah, thanks, Gary. Look, it seems like a world away. Um, look, I probably worked through half of my break, and um, but yeah, had some time with our children. It was school holidays here, and my wife, and um, did a bit more cycling, but not not as much as I wanted to. And um, we spent a couple of days in the Flinders Ranges, and that was really nice. Um, some mm. really good weather. They're about um, six hours drive. Oh, sorry, five hours drive north of Adelaide, where we went, and uh, Will Pina Pound. Oh, lovely. I haven't been up there yet. It's one place I do want to get to. So if you're a local South Australian and haven't been there, you need to get there. And if you live interstate, when borders reopen, it is just an incredible place. It's um, just beautiful country. The colours of the cliffs and the rocks and the mountains yeah. just phenomenal. You know, we're really getting to know our home state so well at the present time. You know, just in a few weeks' time, I'm heading over to Kangaroo Island. We're going to be doing a, a, an outreach trip uh, over uh, over over on KI. And I want to say a really big hello to our good mates over on KI because we do have uh, listeners over there. We do have a station over there. And uh, I, I'm excited to be able to come over. And we're actually going to be running a radio program uh, from, from KI on the weekend that we're over there. And again, another place for our listeners, the third largest island besides the Australian mainland. 
um, in Australia's possessions. So uh, if you haven't been, when borders reopen, come to Kangaroo Island. It's an incredible place, so much wildlife and beauty. There's been fires there, but there's also regrowth. Yeah, I've been over there a a couple of times, and I have to admit I uh, I love that place. The pristine nature uh, over there is really something to to actually behold. If you haven't been there, it's really worth actually being being over there. But look, let's come to our our World Watch segment. Uh, Do you know, as I was looking uh, in preparation for this program, I came to a a site I particularly appreciate. It's called Christian Headlines. All it does is uh, just give headlines of uh, major Christian uh, activity uh, around the globe. And um, on this particular occasion, I I noticed an an article there entitled uh, Woke Culture is at war against Christianity. Now, uh, I've read that sort of thing numerous times, but on this occasion, the person who was actually um, making the statement is what jumped out at me. It was uh, Skillet. Now, Skillet, of course, is a, uh, a rock, a Christian rock band. Um, I... I don't, uh, I don't listen to them myself. Um, but the front man of Skillet made a very impassioned speech. Now, um, let me just, uh, just read to you the, uh, Christian headline account of this speech. And as I say, it really jumped out of me, out at me as being as worthy of, uh, uh of note. Skillet frontman John Cooper says woke culture is at war with Christianity and that believers need the courage of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego to stand up to it and oppose it. Cooper, a Christian who is the lead vocalist for the Grammy-nominated rock band, told the audience at Family Research Council's Pray, Vote, Stand Summit on Friday that he's been inspired by heroes of the Bible and church history like Corrie ten Boom and Diedrich Bonhoeffer who took a stand for what's right. The Christian community, he says, needs men and women of courage to defend the truth. Wokeness is everywhere. You cannot escape wokeness, he said. You can't escape wokeness in the church. You can't escape wokeness in Christian, in, in worship music. You can't escape wokeness from pastors these days. It's everywhere. And there's a real war happening against Christianity in woke culture. And it's time that us Christians, people like myself, people like you, uh, and uh, in all of our various giftings, it's time that we take the fight against wokeness with everything we have. We have to take a stand against it. It's wrecking the church is what he is saying. Now, this is a Christian rock band leader, and I'm sort of looking at this and saying, hey, you know, all I can say is amen, amen, amen. Um, uh, Joseph uh, Bachman um, introduced... uh, Cooper and noted the contrast between Skillet Singer and the handful of Christian musicians who have left the faith. Thank the Lord Jesus that we're not talking about my deconstruction, Cooper said, adding that he believes too many churches have gotten away from teaching the foundational truth of the Word of God. Cooper then referenced heroes of the faith who have inspired him. He said, when I was growing up, we had this great film, Chariots of Fire, Uh, Eric Liddell 
absolutely unwilling to run on Sundays, right? That was his conviction, Cooper said. He's ready to give up his career and his dreams for that conviction. I read about Corrie ten Boom, who was willing to give up her life. She's hiding Jews in the upstairs as Nazis are coming around. She's willing to give up her life for that. And of course, her dad and sister did give up their lives for that. You re- then you read about Diedrich Bonhoeffer. Cooper discussed the Old Testament men like Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego who refused to bow down to Nebuchadnezzar's idol despite threats of death. Christians, Cooper said, are living in a Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego moment. When I read this, I thought this is absolutely amazing. Uh, this is the time we may not be able to see or torch that or touch that 20, uh, that 90 foot tall, 90 foot wide idol, but it's here nonetheless, he said. It's, it is in the form of humanist utopians, the elites that are trying to force us into their own version of utopia by the power state. It is coming from the censoring of speech. It's coming from the censoring of our religious liberties. The time has actually come right now for us not to bow the knee, he said, but if we do not speak up for truth and freedom, then very soon we won't be able to speak up for truth and freedom. You know, Dave, when I read that, I sort of thought, hey, I mean, this, uh, this fellow is not a, not a member of the, of my, of our particular a church. Um, I don't know what uh, particular brand of religion he does, he does actually follow. But that, uh, that, uh, um, presentation to me was incredibly powerful. And he's the lead singer of a Christian rock band. I wouldn't normally have expected to hear that from him. How do you respond to it? It really is depicting our times, isn't it? And um, he uses this term wokeism uh, quite frequently. He does, he does. And um, perhaps in Australian culture, it's starting to grow in in, um, its usage, but it's a term that has... um, come into being, I guess, in the United States, particularly around uh, 2010, where it was used um, or prior to that for racial prejudice and discrimination, but uh, now it includes things such as left-wing ideologies, sexism, social inequalities, uh, all of these sorts of things. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so I, I guess we've seen in the American culture this whole Me Too movement. We've seen, um, you know, was it uh, George Floyd or... The, yeah, yeah. The African American man that um, sadly uh, died because of the the actions of a, a police officer, but the riots that then ensued because of that ensued, and and the uh, racial discrimination and prejudice, all of those sorts of things. So it's a whole melting pot. Yeah, this wokeism yeah. thing. But but I agree a hundred percent with those comments near the end of the article that. Um, uh, we we have earthly governments and and not just governments but it's other movements if you like social movements standing up making a claim for for what they believe to be right and some of those things may be right but standing up for what they believe may be right you have governments um, at times uh, acknowledging those things and making laws based on those claims but ultimately. When freedom of speech is censored, when religious liberties are squashed, and we know we're living in a culture where this happens increasingly. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've just in Australia, we've just had a new state premier 
uh, in New South Wales, and there have been claims. He is a, a conservative Catholic from from reports that I've read, and there are claims claims about sexism and blokey culture, and and um, we need to be more progressive, etc. And and what what place should that have to do in Australian politics? Same with our prime minister. Who yeah, is is a Christian? Yeah, yeah. and so increasingly we've been squashed. And of course, these these individuals have just as much right to be able to present their point of view as uh, anybody else in our community. Exactly, and often, um, you know. People like this, like that, wokeism is against, might be called fundamentalists. Like particularly if it's religious liberty, Christian yeah, groups, yeah, etc. Yeah. But. Every group, you know, we should have freedom of expression, freedom of speech. Just because someone doesn't like something doesn't mean it's hate speech. Exactly, exactly. And, and I think that is actually such an, you know, one of the things I really appreciated in my, uh, in my uh, tertiary uh, education was uh, being trained to uh, take different points of view, certainly in an essay. In fact, one of the things I used to really enjoy doing, and we were trained and encouraged to actually do this, was to say, hey, you need to look for different points of view. Uh, you need to find people who are for and against this particular subject. You need to be able to compare and contrast. Uh, you need to be able to, uh, to, 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 uh, Bring the two uh, together. What's the good points in each? Uh, what are the poor points in each? Where is the argument deficient? And, you know, that is so key to intellectual development. It is. And so sometimes to have that minority perspective or what's perceived to be a minority perspective, it may not always be vocal, as vocal as some of these other agendas that come up. But uh, almost, you know, there's something wrong with you if you speak against the crowd. And that's yeah. sad. And it's and it's actually, as you've said, it actually ruins and destroys ultimately culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, David, I, uh, when I read this article, I sort of thought, hey, you know, the greatest need right now is certainly for Christian people to be standing up and being prepared to challenge uh, what is actually going going on. Uh, I, I'm actually incredibly frightened right now of some of the developments that I'm certainly seeing here here in Australia. Now, David, one of the things I'm really conscious of, and I'm really pleased that you're actually doing this, I do notice that um, you actually are doing exactly what this, uh, this gentleman actually suggests, and that's just standing up, uh, because um, here in South Australia, there's going to be a, a regional meeting. Now, a regional meeting of course is uh, when uh, all the Seventh-day Adventist churches in a particular area come together to uh, uh, to share and uh, on this particular occasion uh, you've um, uh, you've got uh, uh, the title is The Collision of Church and State Biblical Principles for Navigating a World in Crisis. Now this is going to occur on uh, here in Adelaide on the 30th of October that's uh, Saturday 30th of October uh this uh, this year. Now David just to, why why that title The Collision of Church and State Biblical Principles for Navigating a World in Crisis. Well, Gary, it's easy to come up with a title, and, and we did this numerous weeks ago, right? And you think about that title and you think, boy, you're putting your head up to get it kicked, right? But, uh, but, but this is really relevant, as you've said, to the times in which we live, the collision of church and state. H- how does a Christian respond when there is this collision? How does a Christian respond when uh, governments impose? How do Christians respond when... Um, Perhaps what they perceive are their rights are removed. 
And so we're going to be looking at biblical principles, and this is um, this is open to anyone that wants to attend. Mm-hmm. So if you're in South Australia, if you're in Adelaide, uh, Saturday the 30th of October from 10 a.m. at the Christian Family Centre, Christian Family Centre 185 Frederick Road, Seaton. And um, we'd love to see you there. We're going to have five different presenters plus some music and some other segments. Five different presenters doing, you know, 20-minute talks. And a couple of those uh, those speakers are actually uh, Faith FM presenters. They are, Gary. They are, absolutely. So at least two of them are Faith FM presenters and um, of the five. And we're going to be looking, I believe, at a very um, powerful book, the book of Daniel. Mm-hmm. And the book of Daniel is full of prophecy, right? Uh, well, mm-hmm. at least half of it is. We'll actually be looking at the first six chapters, the stories of Daniel, the narratives, because in those narratives we do see a collision of church, if you like, and state. Mm-hmm. And so we're looking at biblical principles from uh, those stories in Daniel for you and for me and for Christians today. Okay. okay. So we would really love to see uh, um, people in South Australia come along. Uh, if you want more details on that, um, Gary, they can send us an SMS to the Faith FM yes, bot, I yes, believe. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, the Faith FM did. Look, if you just text us uh, at uh, 0488 um, 11 and uh, any questions that if you have missed that address, but that address again is uh, uh, the 185 Frederick Road at Seaton. That's the Christian Family Centre. Uh, and we're commencing at 10 o'clock uh, on Saturday morning, the 30th of October. And the subject is the collision of church and state, biblical principles for navigating a world in crisis. And so for our Faith FM listeners, if you'd love to see our co- our host of the big questions, Pastor Gary, he will be there as well. And uh, we'd love for you to come and meet him in the flesh and also some of our other presenters uh, on Faith of Him that will be presenting on that day. And, and, and would, I'd love to be able to catch up. In fact, I think it'd be wonderful to actually establish a Faith FM booth on that particular day because that would be, uh, I think, a real, a real blessing. So, folks, look, if you'd like to come and join us, love to have you. Um, this particular subject, um, um, Pastor Joseph Matichik is actually going to be cha- starting the uh, uh, a series of five talks and uh, we've got Pastor David Butcher as well is going to be uh, going to be sharing as well and these guys are greatly appreciated and uh, uh, there's a couple of other speakers in there as well uh, but guys the collision of church and state biblical principles for navigating a world in crisis that's Saturday the 30th of October uh, 10 a.m. at uh, 185 Frederick Road at Seaton uh, but look, let's come to some uh, some music right now. This is Guy Penrod uh, and the the music is uh, He Hideth, He Hideth My Soul.
FaithFM and Mount Gambier Seventh-day Adventist Church would like to invite you to Take My Heart, an inspirational journey through the word and song filled with praise and inspiration. You're going to love it. Take My Heart is being held on Saturday the 16th of October at 3pm at Mount Gambier Seventh-day Adventist Church, 63-65 Sutton Town Road. To reserve your place, contact Louise on 0428 291 229. That's 0428 291 229. And that's going to be a fantastic uh, little uh, program down there at uh, Mount Gambia. Look, if you happen to be down in the southeast of South Australia, uh, that is actually the, the place to be on on Saturday afternoon. Uh, you'll really enjoy uh, what you uh, what you've uh, hear there. Uh, now, look, we do have a giveaway book uh, for you uh, for you today. And uh, once again, the, we, the the book that we're uh, featuring this uh, this week is the uh, book Screen Deep. Now, look, this is a young adult 
uh, book. This isn't uh, uh, aimed at uh, the general population. It's aimed at the young adults. Um, this is a Christian perspective on pop culture. Uh, if you, uh, if you'd be so kind as to silence your phone, uh, turn off your iPod and put down the remote. Author Scott Moncrief has a word to share with you about media and culture. Whether you're on the high end of the spectrum for media consumption or completely unplugged and electronically baffled, you'll really appreciate the way this witty, smart book looks at contemporary media and culture. Uh, with a Christian perspective, Screen Deep uh, takes a closer look at the implied messages that popular culture propels into our world every single day. Now, look, this is a fantastic little book. Uh, it's something that I believe could really challenge uh, some of uh, some of uh, some of your your young people. Uh, the book is entitled Screen Deep. Now, look, if you'd like this uh, this particular book, uh, what you need to do is just text us. Now, look, we just need this code so that our um, uh, our robot, our bot can uh, uh, respond to you. Our bot is a friendly bot. He's a super friendly bot. He just asks you the questions that he needs to be able to send you uh, this book in the fastest possible way. Now, all you have to do is text the code SA for South Australia 20. No gaps between those uh, SA and 20, just SA 20, uh, all one little phrase. And uh, uh, text that uh, that SA 20 code to 04 triple eight eight oh eight eleven that number again is oh four triple eight eight oh eight eleven and uh, just sa twenty and our super friendly bot uh, will uh, will contact you and uh, and put you on uh, on the road to having that book in the fastest uh, possible time that is our gift to you uh, today. Now, look. This week, we're uh, uh, we're looking at the the subject, the Bible and the media in a post biblical culture. Uh, we've been dealing all this week with different subjects. Uh, we we started by looking at uh, do biblical Christians have a media problem, and then we came to uh, to yesterday. We talked about do the scriptures speak speak to a media obsessed age. Uh, today, the subject we want to look at is this issue of a my what about mild violence and soft porn. You know, this is a challenging subject. This is one that gets very quickly glossed over. Here a great deal of um, um, information concerning uh, uh, pornography, uh, child pornography and trying to protect children. But what about adults? What about adults? You know, is is soft porn and mild violence, is it okay uh, for uh, the Christian uh, the Christian to consume? You know, how, how does the Christian relate uh, to uh, uh, to these things. Now, David, I'm just wondering if I can come to you firstly. I mean, it's always wonderful to be in this seat because it means I can ask the really hard questions to you and uh, I don't actually have to respond to them. I can just simply give you a hard time. Uh, so it's wonderful to have you here with us today, David. Um, now, look, David, uh, firstly, can we just define a few terms here to start with? Look, when you hear, when I talk about mild violence, what do you think of? I mean, what... Is mild violence, is it possible to define that term? Well, what is mild, correct, irrespective of violence or not? Now, I mean, some people define um, violence, and I'll just say violence, right? Media violence can be defined as any media depiction of intentional attempts by individuals to inflict harm on others. So any intentional attempt to inflict harm on others. So what would mild violence be? Um, it could be at the lower end of that scale. Now, what's the scale? 
Yeah, yeah. And, and this is the issue that we come up with, isn't it? Because immediately what we start to do is to define and we say, well, you know, what is and what is. I mean, I can well remember coming home from school when I was a, um, when I was a primary school and younger high school. And I remember watching, um, uh, Bugs Bunny. I remember the Road Runner. Now, the Road Runner, uh, have you ever seen the Road I Runner? Have, and I was just thinking about Bugs Bunny and Road Runner, even though we're different ages. But yeah, so yeah, I was yeah. just thinking about it. Yeah. 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 I mean, the Road Runner and, uh, who was his protagonist? Um, uh, the guy with the shotgun. The, the, the shotgun. No, yeah. no, no. It wasn't the guy with the shotgun. Sorry. The Roadrunner. Roadrunner. There yeah. is constant violence in those particular... There is. There's a guy... A coyote. Coyote. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking of El- Elmer Fudd. Elmer Fudd. But the coyote. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But what we've got there is violence. You know, is that something that... We ought to be concerned about. I mean, myself. I mean, I, uh, I, I have to admit. You know, I mean, uh, defining what is mild violence to me. When I started to sit down to think about it, I turned around and say, "Hey, you know, this is a really challenging subject because uh, I know some movies have come out recently that uh, I certainly uh, really struggle with, even though they've got good themes. You know, I, I think of you know, Hacksaw Ridge. I mean, Hacksaw Ridge was, of course, the story of Desmond Doss, who was a Seventh Day Adventist, and lo and behold, it was actually promoted by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, but it had on it an MA rating, and the MA rating was connected to the violence that was on there. Now, is violence justifiable in one place but not in another? Look, it's a good question. Going back to a cartoon, an animated cartoon, the violence on that, you know, of an animated cartoon that was sort of, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago... um, is there a difference between an animation of that quality of 20, 30, 40 years ago compared to a, uh, you know, a, a movie today that's real life, not animated? Now, yeah. maybe in theory there's not, but visually there is. Yeah, yeah. Perhaps. Yeah. And, and, and look, this, this, um, you know, the story of Desmond Doss, Hacksaw Ridge there, um, you know, he lowered 75 soldiers, uh, rescued them. But it was a bloody affair, wasn't it? Now, um, there are times that I've sat and watched war documentaries, you know, the black and white footage from World mm, War I mm. or World War II. Um, what actually happens, and, and if you do that all the time, that can affect you as well, right? But, but if you actually watch something that's created today, the graphic nature of it, it almost seems that people have become desensitized to to violence, so that if you want to attract people to watch something, it's got to become even more graphic. Ah, uh, now I think this is an issue that I think is uh, really key to what we're talking about here. This issue of increasing desensitization, because I'm conscious that even if we move to the area of soft porn, and my next question was going to be, hey, how do you define what is soft porn? Can I can I back up? Yeah, sure, bit, sure, sure. Yeah, look, I remember um, Gary um, as as a local church pastor. I always like to run. Um, you know, public seminars for the public and the community. And um, one of those ones I ran in a, in a rural city in Victoria was one looking at um, Matthew 24, you know, uh, signs or pre-signs of Jesus' coming. And one of those is wars and rumors of wars. Mm-hmm. So I actually had up on my PowerPoint screen, um, you know, some some images of, of um, you know, tanks and soldiers and, and and it wasn't um you know it was something you could have a child at definitely you could but it was still you know it was war scenes and i actually had this man from the community i'll never forget this that um he was in there first time he'd walked in 
and he'd registered, so I actually yep. had his details. And as I'm getting into this, and I had up a, a numerous slides of warfare, etc., he actually got up and left. And this was like 10 minutes into a 50-minute presentation. Mm-hmm. And that throws you when you're a presenter. Mm-hmm. And I actually went around to see this guy numerous times, and I couldn't get him. Finally, I did. And he invited me into his unit. And I went in, and uh, blinds were drawn and, and all this sort of stuff. And I've never met this guy before. He's a big, tall guy. And um, he got me to sit down in a lounge chair in, in his living room. And I sat down, and then he went to his kitchen table. Mm-hmm. And he picked up a brick. And it was a brick that was not complete. It was mm-hmm. like had a jagged edge on it. Mm-hmm. And he picked it up and came standing up next to me, not over me, but next to me with this brick. Mm-hmm. And you can imagine what I'm starting to think. Mm-hmm. A- and it was covered in dried blood. Wow. And this man sat there, stood there with this brick in front of my face and began to explain the trauma and the self-inflicted um Injuries he was doing to himself because he'd been in Vietnam okay. and what he'd experienced. Okay. So this wasn't a man that was looking for violence, but it was a man who had seen violence in real life. He had seen real violence. Limbs blown off. He, he was evacuating, you know, soldiers. Yeah. He was on a, helicopters evacuating injured soldiers. And he said, yeah. if you'd seen what I'd seen, and he was living this trauma daily and yeah. actually at numerous times had used that brick to bash his head until he bled. Okay. Okay. So he wasn't creating violence, but he'd been traumatized for life, it would seem, by what he'd, what he'd yeah. seen. In other words, violence has the ability to change people. It does, absolutely. Okay. Look, let's come to this next one then. This, this issue of, you know, soft, soft porn, because I, I'm going to pull this together in just a, you know, we have to pull this together in a fairly short time. Now look, uh, you know, I mean, uh, most Christians, I think biblical Christians would say, hey, look, you know, porn is certainly out. You know, we want to protect our children from porn. Uh, but, um, you know, I mean, hey, is there a bit of latitude perhaps that's given almost unconsciously to this thing of soft porn? I mean, what is soft porn? What would you understand that to be? I guess it goes back to the question of mild violence, doesn't it? What's soft, what's hard, etc. Um, as a basic definition, one, one um, writer has described pornography. So this is pornography, is sexually explicit media that are primarily intended to sexually arouse the audience. It includes images of female or male nudity or semi-nudity, implied sexual activity and actual sexual activity. Yeah. So um, what... When I was younger, you would never see on television some of the shows that are on television now. You would never see in the, the magazines or media, right? Yeah. But now this is mainstream. In fact, it even verges on the hours on what's on television when children are still awake. I'm really conscious, David. I, I appreciate what you've said there because things have changed just so, so much and uh, we don't actually realise how much. I, I suppose that the thing that illustrates it the, the best to me is – um, certainly my experience with viewing porn, uh, pornographic, um, picture. Um, I, I, I well remember, I can exact, I can remember exactly, uh, where I first saw, uh, pornography. I was actually in those days, I was in grade 10, uh, at, uh, my high school over in Sydney. 
and uh, I was in the boys' locker rooms, and one of the um, one of the uh, one of the fellows had come in and been able to acquire a Playboy magazine. Now, in those days, to get a Playboy magazine, you had to go into the uh, uh, newsagent, and basically they were kept under the uh, under the shelf. And how he'd been able to acquire it, none of us could actually understand. Um, but that was the very first time that I was certainly exposed to this subject of uh, pornography. Now, David, the thing that I'm just so conscious of is that so many of our young people um, are exposed uh, certainly to pornography very, very early uh, in uh, in their lives now. Uh, and I'm talking... Uh, primary school, pre-primary school, and it becomes a traumatic experience for them. It does, and and you think about what age young people have access to the internet, yeah. what age children have access to mobile phones, yeah. and uh, it's prevalent, it's everywhere. Even innocently, they can be searching something up even for their homework, yeah. and something can flash up or come up, and... Um, this is the challenge of, of, of being a Christian in a world today, isn't it? It is. It is. And that's where I think this defining of what is mild is all almost an impossibility. You know, um, it, it is something that is, uh, is unable to be quantified because the road itself is is actually shifting and it's shifted now so far uh, that what is viewed as mild now just a few years ago would have been viewed as absolutely extreme and David the thing I'm conscious of is that this is really starting to impact particularly our uh, particularly families uh, you know David I, um, uh, I I'm so conscious that um, um, a little while ago, I was uh, I was actually asked uh, to present a uh, uh, a program on the subject of gaming. Now, of course, gaming is big time uh, for so many for so many people, and uh, uh, I was actually asked to present to some university students on the subject of gaming. And I went and did my did my homework, and uh, we had a really interesting Friday evening. And I presented some material. Then we sit down and we talked about it, and we chatted backwards and forwards. And uh, I think. They appreciated it. I particularly appreciated it. But you know, some of the things that I I discovered in my in my research, I actually picked up uh, four um, video games that were actually available, freely available at that particular point in time. And uh, uh, I, I shared with uh, I, I didn't play them myself, but uh, uh, I said to them, I said, hey, "Look, how, how many have actually played these?" And but everyone had actually played each of these four games. And all I had done is gone and read the uh, the reviewers' assessment of uh, of the rate the rating assessment of each of the each of the games so i knew what was in the games um and they were surprised that i knew what was actually in the in the games and um uh, in one of the the well more than one of the games actually uh, there was a, an an upper level uh that allowed um uh rape uh, to actually be role played now you could you could rape rape somebody um okay on gaming technology, incredibly realistic gaming technology. And uh, we actually talked about it. And uh, they were actually, some of them were actually quite embarrassed that they'd already acknowledged that they'd played the games and the church pastor now knows that at the upper levels you can actually uh, rape, uh, rape a woman. Now, this is really do you, do you think this is actually, and I'll share more of that story in a moment, but do you think this is impacting people's minds, David? Um, you know, playing out uh, that type of violence? 
Absolutely. I mean, there have been studies with some of these high school shootings, mass shootings in America that seem to suggest and have suggested a link between um, some of these uh, perpetrators and what they were watching and viewing and playing and then the acts that they actually have carried out. And from a Christian perspective, Gary, I think we, at the very least, we need to think about the power of suggestion. Okay. Um, you okay. know, when we're talking about sexually explicit material and what we choose to watch, because, um, I mean, men are very visual, right? Yeah. And uh, God has made us that way. Mm. But he, he expects us to work within boundaries, right? To live within a way that's going to honor him. So the power of suggestion is, is just incredible. So we need to have a different filter. Okay, okay. I, I like that. We have to have a different filter. You know, David, just to conclude that particular story, um, one of the things that absolutely amazed me was the very next morning I was actually at church and one of the parents of one of the, um, of one of the senior young people came to me and said, look, I've heard what you spoke about last night. And I thought, oh, oh I wonder what they're going to say. And their response to me was actually quite surprising. They said, look, we actually care for the, uh, for the children's Bible study today. Would you come and talk? about exactly the same thing to the uh, well to the junior teens now this is 10 12 14 year olds and i sort of thought oh i don't know if i really want to be doing that um but the parents said listen you need to do it because um my uh my son really appreciated but i've got this younger uh, um uh, son as well he needs to hear it as well and uh, i was i was really so i actually sat down and i said to the to the young people i said look how many of you have played these um, and I named the games. And um, with one rare exception, every one of them had been playing those games. What the parents didn't know was what was available on those games at the upper levels. And can I say the parents were absolutely shocked uh, when they, you know, Christian parents, they didn't realise what was actually available to their young people at the upper level of those games. And certainly since then, I've actually had a, a large number of parents, I've had parents talk to me in absolute frustration at this particular issue. So again, we have this, you know, I guess... Um, as a Christian parent, you're there to help guide, grow, nurture, protect your children, right? Yeah. And so all of these things, the media has been so pervasive getting into the family homes yeah. that um, it makes it a very challenging scenario for parents to be able to protect nurture, guide, and correct their children. Yeah, yeah. No, I appreciate what you're saying. Look, we're going to come to a passage of Scripture in just a moment, but look, let's come to some music first. Uh, This is uh, Michael W. Smith, Ancient Words They Really Can, and Direct Us Home.
Faith FM and Mount Gambier Seventh-day Adventist Church would like to invite you to Take My Heart, an inspirational journey through the Word and song filled with praise and inspiration. You're going to love it. Take My Heart is being held on Saturday the 16th of October at 3pm at Mount Gambier Seventh-day Adventist Church, 63-65 Sutton Town Road. To reserve your place, contact Louise on 0428 291 229. That's 0428 291 229. And that will be an absolutely fantastic program. I please, uh, I'd encourage you to please get along if you happen to be in the southeast of South Australia. A well worthwhile uh, travelling even a bit of distance to get to that uh, program. Now, look, guys, remember our giveaway uh, book for you this week is the book entitled Screen Deep. Uh, this is a young adult book. This is uh, directed particularly at uh, at young adults. A Christian perspective on pop culture. Now, look, if you'd like uh, your free your free copy of uh, Screen Deep, all you've got to do is to text us. Now, what you need to do is to text the code SA for South Australia 20 no gap between uh, the SA and the 20 uh, and our robot uh, our good friendly robot will contact you and get the uh, details that uh, that uh, he needs uh, to be able to send you this book in the fastest possible way now all you've got to do is SA 20 and to our text number which is 04888 808 11 uh, that number again is 04888 80811 you'll love uh this book screen deep and uh it uh, it really uh does present some some challenging uh, some challenging thoughts and now you're listening to Faith FM Drive Time big Q&A with Pastor Gary uh today our co-host is Pastor David Butcher and David is president of the Seventh-day Adventist Church here in South Oz and this week we're looking at the Bible and the media in a post-biblical culture and today we're asking what about mild violence and soft porn. David, look, we're coming to the end of our program here. I wish we could talk about this for another uh, another full hour, actually. I think we could certainly occupy a full hour. But to me, the really key question is, what do we actually do about this? Because this is hugely uh, challenging, this whole uh, this whole issue. Now, look, what I'd like to do is to put to, put to you a um, a passage of Scripture, if I, if I can, because Christ said something that, to me, is truly radical. And uh, uh, to me, I'm just wondering uh, whether there is any application uh, for this uh, particular passage today. Now, Christ Christ is actually speaking on this occasion uh, on what is known as the Sermon on the Mount. That's Matthew chapter 5. And he says to his disciples this, You have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not commit adultery. But I say to you, that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her already has committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, Pluck it out and cast it from you. For it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than that your whole body be cast into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and cast it from you. For it's more profitable for you that one of your members perish than that your whole body be cast into hell. Now, this, this appears to me to be really out there this is radical this is extreme stuff you know i mean adultery i mean christ actually talks about uh, adultery being you know whoever looks to a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart which to me would certainly soft porn would certainly follow fall into this particular category absolutely so is Jesus really saying to pluck your eye out, to cut your hand off? This is repeated almost word for word in Matthew 18, 8 and 9 as well. You know, cutting your hand off if it caused you to sin in your foot, etc. So is Jesus really asking someone that's tempted 
to cut off a hand. I mean, it, it seems extreme stuff, doesn't it? Well, it is very extreme. And let me give you a, a real-life example, Gary, of um, one of the church fathers in the third century, Oregon. He um, he read these verses, and, and Matthew 18, verse 8, if your hand or foot caused you to sin, cut it off. And so he actually dismembered uh, part of himself and castrated himself because he was uh, tempted by lust. Wow. And um, he took this drastic action. Wow. But is that really what Jesus is saying to do? Well, now, now that, and that's so important. You know, I, I really, well, as I've studied this, you know, I, I studied this some time ago, and the thing that I came to realize was that that's actually not what Jesus is saying here. Um, you know, to me, David, I'm so conscious that even if I were to gouge out my eye, um, that still wouldn't solve the problem because the problem is actually in the human mind. It is. And, and you know, commentators and authors have often said that the, the largest sex or- organ or the greatest sex organ is the brain. Mm. And so it, it is. It's what happens in your heart, the Bible would call it, or, or what we would now call it, because uh, the heart, the, the human of mind, being, the human mind. Which takes me to James 1, James chapter 1, verses um, uh, 14 and 15. And this is what Jesus' brother says. He says, but when each one is tempted, he is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. So this happens in the mind, right? Mm -hmm. Then when desire has conceived, so when you're dwelling, when you turn around and look the other way and you see a male or a female and you think, that person looks good. When you take that second look or when you dwell on what you've seen, it says then when sin, when desire has conceived, that's dwelling on it, thinking about it, it gives birth to sin and sin when it is full grown brings forth death. Mm. So removing your hand or your foot or your eye or any other part of your body doesn't fix the problem. Doesn't resolve the, the issue. No. Okay, that that I think, David, is a really important point because to me, what that says is that Christ is talking uh, and is using an analogy here uh, in order to be able to make a very important point. Uh, and you know, David, to me, the point that he's trying to make, the analogy, he's trying to say, what I want you to do is to take whatever extreme action may be necessary to deal with this issue of sin. Uh, would that seem reasonable? Absolutely. And so for the alcoholic, and I started with a man that um, thought he would be, uh, after baptism, he'd be perfect. Yeah. A- and um, he was an alcoholic. And I said, listen, on those hot days when you're in Sydney and you're walking home from work, don't go past the bottle shop, which he yeah. would. Yeah. And he'd walk past thinking he wouldn't be trapped. Yeah. But every time? He was trapped. And what did Eve do? She lingered at the tree talking to the serpent. Yeah. When we linger with um, temptation, it grows in the mind and that brings forth sin, which brings forth death. So remove from ourselves, from, you know, if, if it's a device, if it's pornography or if it's something else, remove it. Put a filter on it. If, if it's some other, if it's violence, stop watching violent movies or playing violent games. In other words, Jesus is saying um, eternity is far better yeah. than what the world's offering. You don't yeah. sacrifice eternity for these worldly things which will perish. In other words, Christ is actually putting some incredible boundaries here. He's saying, guys, look, I want you to actually deal with this thing 
that's actually called sin. You know, we're actually living in an age today where uh, even talking about sin is actually something that is anathema. You know, everything is all all right in its place is uh, uh, is what is most commonly said. And yet here Christ is saying, no, what I want you to do is to deal with this issue called sin. Psalm 103.3, the psalmist says, I will set nothing wicked before my eyes. Yeah. So... What goes into our eyes affects the internal, affects our mind, doesn't it? And, yeah. and for me, that's where Romans 12 comes in. And it's probably been looked at this week. I know it has, actually. The apostle says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Yeah. Now, a sacrifice is something you give up. God wants us to be living sacrifices, not dead sacrifices. And then he says, and don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Wow. So as Christians, we're all tempted by different things. The challenge is God is saying whatever might be keeping you from the kingdom, whatever might be a hindrance or a trap, put it down. And and sometimes, you know, that means actually getting, for example, an accountability partner. Um, sometimes it means uh, being being willing to lay aside and disconnect totally from some things. For some people, social media is actually a major problem, Absolutely. and uh, uh, you know they they actually have to disconnect from social media. Uh, you know, uh, this is something that to me, and I think what Christ is talking about here when he talks about, hey, I want you to um, uh, take these extreme actions, I think sometimes uh, what is actually being recommended here by Christ is, hey, I want to separate yourself from this thing called sin. But look, David, let's pray together. Father in heaven, Lord, we come to you right now. Lord, I want to say thank you uh, for all that you have given to us. Lord, thank you for giving us uh, the gift of Jesus Christ. Uh, Lord, thank you for giving us uh, the gift of uh, your Holy Spirit. Lord, thank you for giving us the Scriptures. Uh, Lord, I just want to pray right now for uh, each of our listeners. Lord, if there's anybody who is struggling with this issue, if they know of people in their family, their children perhaps, who are struggling with this issue, Lord, I pray uh, that you will indeed give them the strength and the understanding and the wisdom to know how to deal with this issue. Uh, Lord, I pray that you will empower them uh, to be able to, to challenge their young people and to challenge uh, themselves. Uh, Lord, I pray that indeed uh, we might become more and more like Jesus every single day. Father, thank you for being the almighty God who wants to guide in our lives. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, folks, it uh, does look like our time's up for today. Thank you so much for joining Pastor Gary and Pastor David Butcher on Drive Time. Big Q&A. Please join us tomorrow when Pastor Fabiano and Pastor Hugh Heenan are going to dig more into that question, how do I guide my children through the media jungle? Now, they're just going to concentrate. This is particularly targeted at parents. Those of you who have got younger children, how do I guide my children? And uh, both Fabiano and Hugh have young children, and they'll be sharing with you. Really look forward to being with you then. But until then, please remember, Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May our God richly bless you. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. 